Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to Fortress of the Mind. And in this podcast, I'm going to do my third podcast about the G Manifesto, well, Michael Porfirio, Michael Porfirio Mason, a.k.a. And I've done two previous podcasts about the G Manifesto, and I thought I would venture out and do a third one here, just on the subject of being true to yourself, knowing who you are, knowing where you came from, and also knowing where you're going. And this is a subject that never loses its interest, never loses its timeliness, and one that I think all of us can benefit from. And I was talking to uh, the G Manifesto a little bit about this the other day, and, and I thought that it would be good to do another podcast, because there's just a lot of uh, humorous and interesting stuff out there that he's put out on this subject, which, if we know how to interpret it the right way, we can benefit from it and put our own spin on it in our own lives. So let's uh, let's dive in a little bit about that. And one of the springboards I'm going to use for this discussion today is going to be a post that he wrote on his site back in 2012. 2012. And the title of this post was um, 30, 36 Things You Did Not Know About the G Manifesto. 36 Things You Did Not Know About Him. And this is from 2012. And it's a very interesting list because I think it's, uh, first of all, a very honest list. And every you have to respect that. You have to respect it when people are putting themselves out there. They're speaking from the heart. They're putting it all out there and sort of uh, using it as their way to open up their soul to people. And also, I think it, it prompts us in our own minds to think about how we would craft our own lists. If we were writing a list of things that we were going to explain to people who you know, didn't know anything about us, what would we write? And maybe that's an exercise that all of you as listeners might want to do. I'm not saying you need to put that out there and publish it out there, but I think it's a useful exercise to to, to jot down maybe 36 of your own points that you think people should should know about. So let's go through his points here and let's see what sort of commentary we can make out on them. And again, this is, this is back from 2012 here. So this is, this is a while back. This is like six years old, at least, you know, probably more, more than six years old. So he says, number one, I've never owned or wore a pair of jeans in 10 years. I haven't owned or wore a pair of jeans in 10 years. Kind of self-explanatory. I've never owned an iPhone, iPod, or iPad, or any Apple products for that matter. <laughs> Number three, I think I have finally quit drugs, I hope. <laughs> Number four, I have never seen a 3D movie. Save the old school ones as a kid, think those horror ones. I have never seen Avatar. I can't handle looking at blue people for three hours. Well said. <laughs> well said. Number five, I have never seen that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Titanic. I haven't seen that either. Thank God. Seems like one of those those uh, Hollywood made-to-order schmaltz movies here. In fact, I make an effort to not consume popular culture. I consider this one of my keys to success. 
And no doubt, too much consumption of popular culture leads you down paths that are undesirable. Although I do think you need to keep abreast of those. I don't think you can just completely shun it, shun it and block it out of your uh, your vision. I think you have to just be aware of it and know how to know how to fight against it. Number six, I know how to work on cars. Although these days I rarely drive, I realized a few years ago that every time I was arrested, jailed, or caught in the rookers of the millicents, it was vehicular-related in some way. That being said, I still will slide a Cadillac to the Del Mar <laughs> racetrack in summertime, although to reclaim my number one spot. Turf Club Parking, what's up? These are references to previous <laughs> articles that he wrote on this subject, so you're going to have to go to his blog and explore that further and see what that is all about. Number seven, I know my way around a construction site and worked construction for two years and multiple summers as a young pup. I can hang sheetrock, run copper and PVC, do carpentry, and I am an artist with a jackhammer, skill saw, and chainsaw. I never really learned electric, but can burst, can bust out some. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, a man should have multiple talents. I've always believed that. Just this weekend, one of my shelves in my closet collapsed. All my, all my suits, you know, I had all my suits lined up there. And for some reason, the, the rack just collapsed. Everything just went to hell. So I just uh, got my ass in gear, went down to the hardware store, found a, uh, you know, got a stud finder, got... Uh, all the necessities to to rebuild the rack and the shelf and, and just put it together in a few hours. Got to know how to do things like that. Got to be able to make things happen. The average guy would not be able to do that. Number, number eight, I have driven cross-country three times in my life. It was three times too many. <laughs> this, this was back in my transport days. I thought it was going to be all on-the-road style like my man Jack Kerouac. It was not. America is a hellhole of strip malls, fat people, truck housing, track housing, and chain restaurants. The only redeeming parts of middle America are Las Vegas, New Orleans, and Chicago. Harsh. Harsh. But you know what? Hey, everyone's got their own perspective, and you have to respect that. You know, like I said, I did a podcast yesterday with the guys at... Um, um, uh, you know, Gorilla TV, Gorilla Radio TV, and you know, I, I mentioned a quote by Danny DeVito when he gave an interview once, and he said, you know, look, everybody's got their own thing going on, and you have to kind of respect that. And you know, this this dude's got his own perspective, and hey, that's that's fine, you know, that's that's great, nothing that nothing wrong with that. The world needs more perspectives. All right, number nine. At one point, I had close to $100,000 in credit card debt and over 300000 in debt to the kind of people you don't exactly, that don't exactly send you past due notices in the mail. <laughs> All my accounts are clear now. Maybe one day I will write about how I got out of that situation. Okay, well, loan sharks. Do not go to loan sharks. Do not ever borrow money from people in general or from the wrong people in particular because you will end up selling your soul. All right, number 10. I have never claimed to be a great writer. In fact, when I first started writing the G Manifesto, I could barely write. I never paid much attention in school. I mean, yeah, I went to school all the way through school right in the front door and out the back. 
but you know what? Sometimes people have an inner urge to write. You know, that's one that's one of the things that's that's good about the internet. Sometimes there, it's true there is a lot of stuff out there that is bad quality and does not merit the light of day, but there is original, creative, entertaining stuff, and I really believe that the good stuff really does rise to the top just either out of necessity or need or just through popular demand. And the market will tell. The market will tell. Number 11, I have surfed many parts of the bubble. In fact, traveling, swooping, and surfing was what my life was about in my younger years. You would be hard-pressed to find someone that knows Las Playas da Norte Baja better than your humble author. I don't know what that is. It sounds like it's some beach on North Baja. Hell, I could write two manifestos on the beaches of Northern Baja alone. Do you know that? I never will. People just don't talk about that place, myself included. Number 12, I sometimes get para. I guess he means paranoid. I sometimes get para. But, but like Chopper Reed once said, just because I am paranoid doesn't mean people aren't trying to kill me. Number 13, I, I once stayed up for four nights straight in, in New Orleans. I once stayed up four nights straight in New Orleans solely on a diet of Gulf oysters, Creole food, and swooping fly New Orleans girls. No drugs, no joke. I was hallucinating and almost in tears. To the best of my knowledge, this is a world record. I may have to tell this whole story down the road. Number 14, I have a couple of dope screen, screenplays I want to write. One, of course, would be my life story, the younger years and the come up. The only problem is there is no actor dope enough in Hollywood to play me. <laughs> the second screenplay is about my grandfather in his boxing gym in Northern Ireland. Ireland. It's kind of a Michael Collins meets Hoosiers. Both would be two of the dopest movies Hollywood has ever put out. You know what I love about this dude? It's the 90s. I mean, nobody uses words like fly and dope anymore except except you know guys who came up in the 80s and 90s and that's why I think I I mesh with this dude so much is because we're kind of both probably in the same age category here um maybe I will write them once I learn how to actually write a screenplay anyone know how to do that shit <laughs> number 15 I find the whirl and clicking of a money counter to be one of the most mellifluous sounds in the world I am not joking I really do I have said it before and I will say it again. I am interested in money so that one day I won't have to be interested in money. Well, that's admirable. Admirable sense of priorities. Number 16. I have a split personality. And each of my personalities is bipolar <laughs> with an identity crisis. So, like you know, it can get pretty maddening being Michael Porfirio Mason. Like J.J. Connolly has said, Madness is the darkness in your head, the restless 1% that wants to push strangers under trains. Madness is paranoia made normal. Madness is when the mundane is insane, the insane mundane. Madness is thinking you can predict the future while sitting in a jailhouse doing bird lime. Madness is fun for a little while, then gets dark, then darker still. And you know, great writing and great storytelling really comes from a point of being out there and being a little bit on the edge. You, you really just can't capture the good stuff if you're too comfortable. And I've said this many times before in my own stuff. And even though I write about different things, different subjects, in different ways, in many ways, 
the same individualist ethic is out there operating and is at work. Number 17, there are a lot of other things I am sure I would like to do in my life that would make me rich and famous. However, I don't want to sacrifice this whole international playboy thing I got going on. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation, and it is way too priceless. After all, international playboys are really at the top of the food chain when you think about it. Number 18, I have extreme ADD, as, wit as witnessed by the frenetic jumping around of topics on the G Manifesto. My ADD seems to be getting worse with age. I actually consider it a strength, although is it enough to drive most men insane? Well, maybe so, man, but we love you for it. Reason number 19, recently I have come to terms that I am going to be an international playboy, gentleman of leisure for life. It is not a choice. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I have no say in the matter. My life was predicted by a gypsy. It was written and so it shall be. And you know, you know it's funny that he says this because sometimes I feel the same thing. I've written a lot about portents, prophecies, auguries, and... I have more than a passing interest in this subject because sometimes you feel like no matter how hard you try to escape certain things, you feel that certain things are your destiny, certain things you are fated to do or not do. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there is some truth to that. And, and I think we all have to try to come to grips with that. Number 20, I hate cell phones. If everyone agreed to turn them in tomorrow and stop using them, I would be first in line. I like pay phones. Same here, man. Same here. Although I just sadly don't see it happening anytime soon. The only way it's going to stop is when it's either not cost effective or if the big corporations no longer find it profitable. I like flowers. I really do. One day I may open a flower shop when I am older. However, I am doing it Dion O'Banion style. Dion O'Banion was an old gangster in the 20s and 30s. Although lately I am thinking I may open a salon or a massage place or get a yoga spot when I can, when I get older so I can swoop mad fly girls my later years. We'll see. <laughs> Number 22. I have friends in jail that I came up with. I have friends who have faded away due to the mirror, the razor blade, and the straw. It's an article that he wrote. Not to mention some have fallen due to the spoon, the flame, and the spike. And I have good childhood friends that are locked up for being criminally insane. My best friend and I recently spoke about this. It's the little decisions in life that make a difference between being lucky and becoming a casualty. And isn't that true? And I've said the same thing, but in a different way. And that is the role of fortune in human affairs, the role of fate in human affairs. And we are all perched like... <sighs> like a man suspended over an abyss on that thread held by uh, the mistress uh, of fortune. And sometimes things can go one way or they can go the other based on the thinnest of margins. Number 23, I first boxed at the wild card in Hollywood when I was a kid. Mickey Rourke days. Back then I used to be, I used to be, I used to be base of operations out of the three clubs and chill with the cat that was in the movie Laws of Gravity. Great movie, by the way. It is not lost on me that this probably reveals my identity. However, anyone that knows me from those days already knows. Number 24. I try my hardest not to spend a dime with any big corporations. Zero for Starbucks. Zero for department stores. Zero for big oil. Zero for big banks. Zero for big pharma. Zero for... You get the 
you get the picture. Well said. And he left out Applebee's here, but I'm sure that was included in that list subconsciously. Number 25, I once swooped 32 girls in 30 days when I was a young pup in Los Angeles. Mostly Hollywood actress types. I got the flu pretty bad afterwards. Could have been the drugs. It's kind of hard to keep track of exactly. Number 26, I have completely blown it with more quality girls than I would ever like to think about. And I think no one, and I mean no one, has been rejected more than me. And you know, that's a very important truth. You know, if you want to achieve anything in life, you have to be prepared for failure. You've heard it all before. You've already heard all that wisdom before, but it can never be said often enough. You have to be prepared to take your hits. You have to be prepared to take punches. You have to. Number 27, I have been on the receiving end of a few three-on-one beatdowns. Not fun. And I got cracked over the head with a Louisville slugger when street crews were still clashing in high school. I had an out-of-body experience. He doesn't mention astral travel here, but you get the idea. I still have the spot where it deformed my skull. Sometimes I, I let girls touch it. They usually get grossed out. Number 28, I have been robbed at gunpoint two times. One time by knife point. Charge it to the game. And boy, is that the truth. Uh, and only one that's been on the receiving end of that situation is going to really really know what that feels like but it is not cool but hey it is what it is i've described my own experience with that and that's the way it goes number 29 i am not smart enough to make big time passive income not yet anyways working on it number 30 i have never seen a walmart with my own eyes in my whole life although i have been to care for Kari Four, I don't know if that's a misprint. C-A-R-R-E-F-O-U-R. Don't know what that is, but it is what it is. Number 31, I have never had a meal at P.F. Wang's. P he says P.F. Wang's. I assume he means P.F. Chang's Olive Garden Garbage and TGI Fridays. And that includes the TGI Fridays in Riga, Latvia, too. And you know, man, any of these chain restaurants are so lame. So lame. P.F. <laughs> P. <F>. Wangs. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Number 32, I am not a pickup artist whose life was changed by Neil Strauss's The Game. I have been swooping girls since back when Neil Strauss had hair. Number 33, I am not a lifestyle designer whose life was changed by Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Workweek. <laughs> I have been traveling since back when Tim Ferriss had hair. And, you know, this is important. You know, man, some of this stuff gets so hackneyed. These guys, these... And, you know, I understand everybody needs needs their own way to inspire themselves to action. But, you know, it, it's gotten to be such a cliche, those, those authors. Uh, so... All right, number 34. I have been swooping girls since I was a knee-high to a kangaroo. And although I have said ups and downs in the biz world, I have been clocking dough and traveling since I was a kid. <laughs> so you get that. Clocking dough, another 90s rap expression. Man, I just love it. Just love these old school references here. Gotta have come up in the 90s, 80s and 90s. I have been, number 35, I have been becoming more spiritual with every passing day. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have said before, my mind is the enigma filled with broken pictures. The spiritual international playboy can see clearer now. Like King David said, I guess my life was pretty extraordinary. In the end, I suppose it all comes back 
to the whole karma thing. Who knows? If it's half as real as the Hindus say, I may just get a second chance after all. Number 36, I wanted to also say thanks to all the fly females that fed me in case they ever thought, did Michael forget me? And, you know, that's really nice. Again, irreverent sense of humor, a lot of truth there. And like I said, the real value here is putting yourself out there. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to express yourself in a way that is coherent and that means something to you. Because if you can put out sincerity, you will be able to capture people's attentions and that'll that'll get them to to uh, to listen to what you have to say but you also have to have something to say you have to have some experience you can't just uh, start babbling you've got to have something and it's got to come from a a place of sincerity and passion and experience so those are the 36 points here on our porfirio update podcast And this podcast would not be complete if I didn't just scroll through the G-Manifesto's Twitter feed here and just read off, because people like to hear these, read off some of the more recent amusing tweets, and I'll do that here right now. All right, here we go. Let's let's pop up the Twitter feed here and see what Michael Porfirio here has to tell us. All right, and... um, Today is uh, May 28th, 2018, so I'm just going to start with some recent ones. He says, You can always spot Americans from landlocked, degrade Applebee's places when you, are, when you are traveling. And not just from the weesh clothes. Their bone structure is completely off. American girls and guys. It's sad, really. Soy is eroding people's bones. Zero bone density. Diabolical. He says here, iPhone is really just a soy phone. Takes away all that makes you a man. Uber versus walking, running, riding a horse. Uber eats soy delivered versus spearfishing, bow hunting. Tinder millennial guys swoop dudes versus <laughs> versus hunt for beautiful girls. GPS soy versus <laughs> using sun, moon, and universe. I own a machete. And there's a picture of a kind of a lone rider going off into the distance here. <laughs> Just great. <laughs> All right, let's um, see what else. Most guys today do not even put in hard work for their physique. Most guys today would rather just swoop guys named Fitz. <laughs> would rather swoop guys named Fitz and Zeke <laughs> and eat soy. These millennials have their priorities completely messed up. Deep soy, big pharma, big tech, and the smoking plan are to blame. <laughs> and again, you see the constant use of the motifs that we talked about earlier. Smoking ban, smoking ban deep soy, uh, the uh, antagonism toward big companies. Again, all true, all factual, if you really look at it from an intellectual perspective. But it's portrayed, it's presented in a humorous way, in a way that people can get behind and that captures the reader's attention. So a great another example of when you have a great message encased in a format that is palatable and digestible to the average guy. Well, maybe not the average guy because some people consider the G manifesto a cult account or a cult figure or a, a figure with limited appeal, but if so, uh, I am an enthusiastic proponent 
of this uh, this of this artist who I consider an artist. All right, let's keep going here. All right, he gave a shout out to one of my podcasts. Much appreciated, man. And he says. My thinking in life is to have the highest quality of everything in the world. Beautiful girls, game meats, oils, smokes, booze, ocean, fresh fish, custom suits, turmeric, machetes, villages by the sea. And I do not give a fuck about what anyone else is doing. Most do not think like this. And you know, that is such a great ethic to have. You know, you've got to do your own thing. If you're not doing your own thing, you're really missing the boat. You really are missing the boat. All right, here we go. Always travel alone. This is from May 27th. Always travel alone, never with dead weight. Most people are dead weight. This is why I always travel alone. Rugged individualism. Most people do not know shit about this. This is a painting of one of those moments. And you know, this is something I've always done myself. I always like to travel alone. Uh, Not always, but... For the most part, there are some situations. As I've gotten older, I've kind of relented and relaxed on that rule a little bit. If you can get somebody who's a great travel companion, it can make things better. But for the most part, yeah, just just getting getting some random person as a comfort blanket because you're too afraid to experience the world, that is not the way to go. All right. Most guys constantly bitch about most guys constantly bitch when traveling when they can't find a gym. Easy. Grab a boulder, lift it, push it, walk with it, swing it around, bust out deadlifts and squats, swim in the ocean with it. (laughs) The original strength-building workout. Most guys will never do something like this. And there's a picture of Sisyphus rolling a boulder up a hill and how appropriate that is. How appropriate that is. All right. One or two more here, then we'll call it a day. Sometimes you just need to wake up early and go for a long four-hour walk from one village by the sea to the next one or more. Do not bring your soy phone. Just soak in all that heavenly glory. Again, a reference to Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon. Most people will never do something like this. Boy, is that true. Boy, is that true. All right, one more. Um, Most guys do not engage their core. During heavy workouts, most guys just want to get engaged to a guy named Corey to to swoop him and eat soy brunches with him. These millennials do everything wrong. I am so close to completely giving up on these millennials. And there's a a picture picture of a chimp, uh, a, a chimp hanging by a tree branch with his arm. It just makes the whole makes the whole haiku poem there just really great. So, anyway, that will conclude our podcast here for today. This has been a discussion about about uh, the G Manifesto updates or the Porfirio updates here, with a focus on being true to yourself, being true to yourself, knowing where you come, where you came from. Uh, where you are now and where you are going to. And I would advise anybody to take these lessons under advisement, come up with your own lists, motivate yourself, be honest with yourself, and see where that takes you. Until next time, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.